Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening. Ayers on the Road podcast, Richard and Linda Ayer, talking about family, relationships, marriages, parenting. And some stories. And some stories. We're always glad to be with you because it makes us think of a lot of things that we haven't thought before, too. <laughs> That's right. We, we've been telling stories the last few weeks, and we're, we started last week with spiritual stories, the best kind of stories to tell, I think, and particularly in families. I think almost everyone that we could ever talk to is a parent would be able to tell some kind of spiritual story if they have any belief at all because we all spend so much time praying for our children, don't we? I mean, it's it's a remarkable kind of prayer and, and we find we're always, our children always need something and we're always praying for them. Right, and we do feel, we really believe that the light of Christ is everywhere and so everywhere in everything. And so people are influenced, whether they like it or not, or whether they know it or not, um, by spirituality. We've always thought how interesting it is that uh, parents, you know, when we're praying as a parent for a child, something really remarkable is happening. It's a little different than when we're praying for world peace or when we're praying for our neighbor who we've had an issue with or whatever when we're praying for a child in essence we are saying heavenly father the real father the real father of of all of us please help me a new father a new mother a temporary parent someone who's never had this role before help me with this child who is actually my brother or sister in the sense that we're your children it's a it's a direct prayer it's one parent it's an earthly parent to a heavenly parent asking for help on a common child that is the child of both it's a it's a I'm not explaining that very well do you think people understand what I'm saying I do I, I think they got it sufficiently um it is really amazing to pray for your children and I we've had kind of a little revolution going on amongst the our kids in the family about a book called Atomic Habits. And um, I really like this. James Clear wrote it. I, I love it. He has an amazing story. But we have all decided because of this to write down a list of habits that we want to do. I mean, even just one. Actually, everyone else chose just one. But I have... I'm so bad about just little things like turning on my phone in the morning or turning it off during the radio show or whatever. Um, but I have decided that I'm going to really, really pray about my children and wait for answers. Wait, wait until something comes. Well, you to my always mind. pray for them, but I think the new part of your resolution <clears throat> is to just listen. Right, listen. to stop and listen. Yeah. And I've been doing that all week, and I've been taking prayer notes after because I do get some in, yeah, you know, yeah. inspiration while I'm praying. Sometimes it's just tiny little things. I was on a little Grammy date with a little Zara yesterday, and um, my inspiration was just to tell her how much I loved her, and, and then I did it. So it was really amazing. But this morning, the most amazing thing happened. We have a couple here who 
are in a dilemma. They just don't know what to do. And we had a chance to talk to our son about it last night for quite a while. And we've, we're still in Hawaii. We've been here for a long time. But um, we haven't really talked about it. And so that I went to sleep with that on my mind, that kind of worry. And this morning I really prayed about it. And suddenly this thing just came to me. A great idea. This Linda is what you need to do. Kind of solves it's absolutely dilemma. amazing. I think you prayed about it hard last night. We both did. And I think the answer came to you while you were sleeping. Sometimes, sometimes isn't it interesting when you pray at night and you get your answer the next morning. And right. you're not sure when it came to you. But I love what you're saying, Linda, because oftentimes when people say, have you ever prayed about your children? The thing that comes to mind is um, a crisis, a problem. You were praying right. about a problem. But what I think you're saying is if we pray regularly for our children to, to know what's going on with them, what are their insights, have some insights to them. How are they feeling? Try to have a spiritual empathy with a child, whether it's a little kid or a grown child, there's a connection that can be made spiritually where you begin to tune in to what their needs are. And it may not be a crisis or an obvious need, but you start sensing where they are and how you might be able to help them and what what piece is missing in your mind about who they are and what they're doing at the moment. So there's a, it's a connection that can be there all the time. Uh, absolutely. I, I do. I have found for myself, though, that I can get answers during a prayer. And if I don't write it down, yeah. I forget yeah. it in a half an hour. <clears throat> it is amazing how dumb I am. <laughs> well, we all are. We get just, up and uh, go out and we forget the very answers. We got prayer. I love that you said prayer notes. Why not have a, a piece of paper and a pen by your side while you're praying? And when something comes write it down and and again i think it'll it, it's a guarantee it'll come when you're praying about children because why wouldn't a heavenly father want to help an earthly parent with the, his children and it's, it's just such a powerful thing well i'm not saying either that you can just get an immediate answer right, like right. that you have to this, struggle with this it has been in a pot for a long time a lot of months and we don't know it's it, it's not a life-threatening problem or anything but it's just something that they are trying to work out well and let's so, oh, go, ahead, go ahead sir so anyway i just think it's so important to write it down and and really then remember then act on it so that's on my little goal thing write it down and then act on it so let's tell some some spiritual stories connected to this we're as as we mentioned we're in we're on maui with two of our sons live here now with their families so we're thinking about them. So they're the stories that come to mind. Um, Jonah, our son, one day Who long lives here, ago. Actually. Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> one day long ago, uh, was running for a student body office, and he got up very, very early, and we had to give his election speech that day, and and we had to jump out of bed to have a huddle with him. We always used to have a quick huddle where we'd all grab each other and have a little prayer just as they went out you the door. You may have jumped out of bed. I was... No, this was early. We went back to bed. It was as they were going... No, and then we were back in bed. We got back in bed after he had left. You might have gotten No, back no, bed. the phone rang and woke us up. This is the thing. You you forgot that, I'm sorry to say, but <laughs> we, were, we were in bed after we'd had this little prayer, and the call was terrifying because it was our other son, Talmadge, calling to say Jonah had been hit by a car 
and and he and it was bad. And we got up, put our clothes on, ran out, got in the car, raced down to the high school. And what had happened is that this this Jonah had uh, he'd he'd forgotten something for his speech, so he'd run back home and got it, and then he'd run back down. He was late, and he came to the road, and there was a bus parked. That, it stopped, it was stopped at a stop at a stoplight. And so he that that connected in his mind that it was a, a red light there, and so he went in front of the bus running across the street, but the bus was just stopped to pick someone up, and there was a car in the other lane, and it hit him, and it should have killed him. The car was going maybe 40 miles an hour, and Jonah went through the windshield right of the car. Right through the windshield into, the, into in, the lap of a little lady. It turned out that his backpack had taken a lot of the blow when when the car hit him, um, but it destroyed his legs, broke him in several places, ruined his knee, and but he lived. And, and, and we've often thought that that little prayer we had that morning where we specifically asked for safety might have saved his life. But that was just the beginning, because after that, Linda, all the prayer that, that went into his recovery and the feeling of the Spirit and feeling close to him and it was power. It was one spiritual experience after another. Not one we would have asked for, by the way. No, no, definitely yeah. not. But he was in the hospital for a long time. He was a, a junior in high school. He, he was just about to turn sixteen. Yeah. And uh, he, he in fact came home from the hospital on his sixteenth birthday, and I remember the time that he was convalescing as the sweetest time with him. It's the time that I bonded with him like never before. Yeah. Because we were together 24-7. He had to be on the main level, so we had a hide-a-bed that he was sleeping on, but I, I was helping with everything that he needed. And we really had some beautiful discussions, and I feel like... I've been bonded to him for the rest of his a, life. Yeah, it was a spiritual experience. The other son who lives here, since he's on our mind, Eli, I just want to tell a quick spiritual story with him. Eli had a point in his life as a young man where he developed some seizures and um, scared us half to death, and not to belabor the details, but... In that case, I was praying, praying, praying about Eli, what to do, what to do, and who to have him see, and what doctors, and so on. And I got the strong feeling one day that we needed a better doctor. We needed a more world-class expert. And through my brother, who lived near Stanford, we located someone who was probably the, the premier expert in the world on this type of issue that Eli was having. And... Um, through a little series of talks with him and, and his look, looking at Eli's records and so on, he diagnosed this in a way that we, I, I won't go into medical details, but it was an answer to prayer. He clarified the issue. He told us what we needed to know. He got us through that hard time. Everything turned out good. That's the thing we want to be careful of is that the spiritual experiences in praying for our children don't always end with us saying, cure this child, please, and the child is cured. Oftentimes they, they are answered in other ways, but they're always answered. I'm convinced of that. And 
praying for our children and, and waiting and struggling and maybe going back to the drawing board and trying to figure something out and then praying again. What an experience. Yeah, that was pretty amazing because it was very scary. He was actually sleepwalking, getting up in the night and tearing apart the couch to find something. Or He was with roommates at this time down at BYU, and it was really a scary time, but wow. Well, he was an intern, yeah, in Washington, D.C., uh, in, a, in a congressional office with, with his little friend Spencer Swift's younger brother hunter and uh, that's where he had some of these episodes yeah and and uh, he well it was, may have started there but then yeah, he came back that, and yeah, i guess they it, lived as roommates at byu right it went on for a while but anyway these spiritual experiences that can come with children in families and there again i don't mean to imply that there always some sort of remarkable singular flash in the night experience sometimes the sweetest ones are in family prayers listening to our children pray and getting an insight from something they're saying in their prayer well and sometimes it takes years to answer get an answer um, we do have to wait on the lord in so many cases and i'm sure you uh, as we have all lived through this pandemic together we yeah. are waiting on the lord in so many ways it's quite incredible. Um, I, I think patience with the Lord is so important. And it's not that he's our kid and we're being patient with him. It, it is one of those things where we just can't get instantly what we want because we need to learn a whole lot before we get it. One of the things parents often pray about, those who believe in answers to prayers, has to do with having a child. Um, whether to have a child, when to have a child, the timing of whether to try to get pregnant and so on. We talked last week about one of our experiences in that kind of prayer. And we want to go a little further with that. Praying about not one kind of family prayer is praying for a specific child. Another one is praying for the family. What should our family look like? What is your plan, Heavenly Father, for my family? We'll go a little further with that right after this brief break. Hang on, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road. We uh, did mention briefly that we're in still in Hawaii. You may hear a rooster or two while we're talking, but we've turned off the fridge and we've tried to be as quiet <laughs> as we could. But um, we are having a marvelous experience here. But the nice thing about being here has been that we have had time to think. Yeah. I mean, we're away, although we have these families, but we have a little place all by ourselves. And so we have some time to think, which I don't know that we've had for many, many years. Let me tell you a concern I have about uh, about praying for family issues um and i i don't want to don't don't let me go too far on this linda because i don't want to offend anyone or polarize anything but i think we run into a lot as we speak to young couples young families and so on we run into a lot of young people uh who are trying to decide about having babies and when to start their family and that sort of thing. And I think 
I'm a little concerned that sometimes the default switch is off. What I mean by that is people tell us, well, we're praying. We're, we're praying to decide if we should have a child. And we're waiting for an answer. We're waiting for God to tell us we should have a child. And I sometimes want to say to them, well, maybe, maybe the default position should be on. Maybe the assumption should be that, yes, we should have a child, and you should pray about whether there are times when you should delay that or whether the time is not right yet and you should wait for a little while and have a child later. But I'm concerned that, that if the default switch is off, so to speak, if we're going to try to have a baby only when God tells us to, or only when we are told by the Spirit that, yes, it's time to have a child, um, that maybe the assumption's wrong. Maybe the assumption should be, of course we should have a child, we want a family, but we need to pray about the timing. When should it be, and when should we maybe wait for a little period of time instead? And um, I think those those kind of prayers, Linda, when you're asking, um, is it, you know, when should we have a baby and and what should we know and what how should that influence our lives as we wait for and hope for and expect a child that's a powerful kind of prayer that should sort of guide a couple more than praying about the career or when to move or when to seek a permission uh, when to change jobs we need to pray about all those things but shouldn't the heart of it be praying about what is best for our children that we have now or the children we want to have? And Start as you, with that. As you say that, I, that you're really speaking to young parents. And, um, of course, I'm. they're all prayerful about those kinds of things. But there are specific ways that really help you think about it. But I just occurred to me as you said that, that we need to also speak to grandparents who... <laughs> Uh, most of the grandparents that I know just want more grandchildren. We just, well, except for some of them. But it really is interesting that you need to have the spirit and to think about that, too. I mean, how much should you say or not say about that? And how much should you be in it or not in it? And yeah, um, yeah. I think sometimes you can be a bit, we can be a bit overbearing as grandparents on those kinds of things. And I think that's a prayerful approach, too, that should be. Well, I don't know if you've noticed it lately, but I've I've been um sometimes we tend to get too collective in our prayers. We say, "Please bless my children. Please help me to be a good parent. Please watch over us as a family." And those are wonderful prayers, but I think it's when you get very specific. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been taking one of our children each each night and praying specifically for them, just one. How would and, I notice? Well, because you're, uh, <laughs> you're offering a silent prayer. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about when we're praying together. Oh, oh. And, and you, you might have noticed I'm not praying about a lot of them, just one of them each night. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I haven't noticed that. <laughs> well, pay attention. It's just always the one that needs the, the help to me. I mean, yep, we need to pray for him, her, or whatever. I mean, yeah, but see, that illustrates the point. If we're, if we're only praying for the one where there's an obvious problem or where we have a particular concern, we may not be praying for a child who seems to be doing well, but there's something we don't know. Well, yeah, but they always, they all have they problems. All, that's right. <laughs> so I think getting down to one really important, you know, focusing on an individual child 
and really if you just have one child that's easy you can do that every night <laughs> but you what made me think of it is talking about grandparenting I think grandparents oh my goodness we could really get into this how how proactive are you spiritually as a grandparent how much are you entitled to inspiration on a grandchild now the parent is the steward you're you're sort of one step removed but isn't it possible that you might get a feeling of how you can be a good influence or a help to that particular child and, and not how they can but how you can yeah how right? you can exactly. you're, you're not praying you're not saying please hey, I bless got a, me i got an answer for you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what you need to do <laughs> please bless my children who are not near as good a parents as i was to be better parents with my grandchildren <laughs> wow you got to be careful there but yeah i mean thinking about and and don't you feel Linda, when you pray specifically for one child whether it's a child or a grandchild you in a remarkable way come to know that child better it's like you know it's it, you gain insights which cause you to know the child better and improve your communication with that child because of the answers you got or the feelings you got or the insights you got in prayer right exactly um several of our children are now into meditation i mean serious meditation every morning and clearing out their minds and I don't know what that means to you listen the listener because that could mean a whole spectrum of things but it has really been quite remarkable some of our children send us meditations that we can just listen to to calm our minds in the morning yeah and we're not as frazzled as they are right now that's right because <laughs> they are all frazzled <laughs> but um it really is interesting how important that is to just center your mind maybe not even as a prayer but it just opens your mind and and makes it receptive to the spirit well i think it ties in with what you were saying earlier that we should spend more time listening in prayer i know you've said often if you spend half your prayer listening or you said i think you like to say 40 percent that's 60%. what stephen covey told me in a talk one time and i believe it i think it's just and, and that's kind of like meditation in a way right that's one form where where you're not the spokesperson all the time you're praying, you're listening or you're meditating before the prayer or after the prayer to, to permit real answers to come. And you know, Linda, we should mention, even though we're aware that a lot of our listeners on Ayers on the Road may not be members of the same church that we are, you should know, because I think this can happen in so many different contexts, that in our faith, we believe that a parent can actually give a blessing to a child. We call it a priesthood blessing. And actually, it's, it's a unique form of prayer where you're actually addressing the child rather than God. You're addressing the child and funneling a blessing through you from God to that child. And some of our most precious spiritual experiences have come in giving that kind of blessings or in the ones I'm thinking of specifically right now are giving you blessings during pregnancies while we're expecting a child and giving you a blessing, a prayerful blessing and feeling something about that child who's coming into our family. And I'll just add that we're also at a point where 
we've had some beautiful spirit, spiritual experiences with our grown children now giving us a blessing, a prayerful blessing. Right, yeah. In one case, a healing blessing of a, an issue that I had where four of my sons gave me a blessing and it was a powerful, direct healing blessing and a spiritual experience. It was, and um, I, when we're together and we haven't been together <laughs> with our daughters, we do the same thing only just together as a group, as a group praying together to God and it really is powerful. I think some small impressions that come um, can be so, so important if we have a chance to um, think things through. I guess, I guess where I want to try to conclude this, Linda, and then we want to talk a little about what's coming up next week and in future weeks on Ours on the Road, but I guess where I want to try to conclude this is that we live all of us in a very, very secular world. We're confronted every day with stimulus from all sides, from the media, from advertising, from just the hustle and bustle of life and just the realities of the things we need to do and the responsibilities we have in our work and our career and our social engagements and our all the things we do. And it's it's easy to forget the spiritual side of things or to just call up the spiritual part occasionally when we have a little prayer during the day or something and you know 24 hours is is temporal stuff and 10 minutes or five minutes or a little bit of time is spiritual stuff i had a young man come to me not long ago and say you know i was a missionary once and it seemed like i was I was I felt the spirit so often all the time and now I'm home and I I hardly ever feel it anymore and and as we talked it was obvious well you were thinking about spiritual things all the time you were a missionary now you're in school and you're doing other things and you're just removed from that and he said to me well how do I get that back how do I have that more with me and as we talked we decided that one of the things is just realizing within your own mind that there are really two fundamental ways of knowing things or of, of finding truth. One is study and thinking and analyzing and using your own brain and working things out and and so on. And the other one, and, and using your five senses and looking up and saying the sky is blue, I can see it, or the wind's blowing, I can hear it. There's ways to know things of yourself. But there's another way, which is to know things through the Spirit. And there are things we know that we can't see or hear or touch or smell or, or taste. And those, that knowledge comes to us through a spiritual process. And we just need to train ourselves to see the world as spiritual. You've all heard the phrase, you know, we are not, we are not temporal beings who occasionally have a spiritual experience. We need to flip that paradigm. We need to say, no, in essence, we are spiritual beings who are at the moment having a temporal physical experience as we live on this earth. We're spiritual beings, not temporal beings. We're temporal beings as a subset to the spiritual beings that we really are. 
Well, I think one of the important things is to really be in touch. And I, we all go through these, maybe, maybe you don't, but I, we do. We go through these phases where sometimes we're really good about prayer morning and night and thinking about it during the day, and other times we kind of forget. And it really is so important to be in touch. Now, we want to tell you that um, <coughs> someone asked me the other day, how do I get some of your earlier stories? For, for six months now, we've been telling stories on Ours on the Road. And you, you may have a hard time finding past issues on your podcast, if you, your, your app that you use. If you do have a hard time, go back to byuradio.org and click on the Ayers on the Road show. And they have a beautiful graphic there where you can just flip back through all the different stories and find any that you may have missed if you're interested. So we want to tell you that we're going to start on something new next week. So stay tuned because we are excited about a little new phase an, in Ayers on the Road. A new direction for Ayers on the Road. We won't tell you what it is, but join us next week and find out. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you hopefully next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. Bye.